Right. Well, first of all, as I said, uh, we are a hybrid of bacteria or microbes and human cells. We have about 100 trillion microbes in our gut and about 50 trillion human cells. Now, these bacteria control the function of our immune system. They control the absorption of our food. They control the utilization of our food. So they really control everything that's going on in our gut. And for us to understand what bacteria need to be added, which ones are not supposed to be added, because anytime a bacteria can turn against your body and produce toxins is something you need to stay away from. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another beautiful episode of Witchy Wellness Radio, the show you learn that where your body and emotions are not in the way, they are leading the way. Today, we are talking with Natasha Trenev, the mother of probiotics. Her extensive experience and knowledge of the industry began with her family's 750-year history of producing the most beneficial yogurt prized by the Royal Family of Yugoslavia. Natasha is the president and founder of Natrin Inc. Probiotic Products with, with over 40 years of focused, rigorous scientific research and technology from leading scientists and researchers in the field of probiotics. For 40 years, Natasha has stated with a proper precision probiotic, select beneficial bacteria supplementation, will have profound effects on every aspect of human health that includes physical, mental, emotional, skin, organ health, and so much more. And she truly believes that this will be regarded as the foundation of health. Welcome to the show, Natasha. I'm so happy to have you here today. I'm just so pleased to be here because this message is so important, especially in this day and age. And I've been in this industry 56 years and way past ret retirement, but I feel that uh, this education is very necessary at this time because there's a lot of confusion and we can't afford to have confusion and probably the most important concept for human health of the 21st century. And, and I'll give you a couple of reasons why I feel this is important uh, because uh, we have about $4.3 trillion that we spend on healthcare, 80% of it is spent on chronic illness in this country. And I can just tell you, since we're a hybrid of bacteria and human cells, uh, these bacteria are everywhere in our body. There's about a hundred trillion of them in our GI tract. There's bacteria in our organs, in our blood, in our brain cells, on our skin, everywhere. And we have to learn how to maintain that optimal balance because they are uh, the leaders in disease or a health state for our bodies. Now, if you're a yogi in the Tibetan mountains, then your mind can overcome anything. But unless you're that, uh, you better listen up because there's a lot of um, products that don't provide the help that we need. And like I said, this is too an important time in our history where we need to really get the good products. And I'm especially concerned about young people and the explosion of uh, colon cancer and the chronic illness that our young people are being exposed to. So that's why I'm still working because they need to understand uh, why this is so important to not only their physical, but their mental health, their skin health, everything to do with their body. 
Man, I cannot wait to to jump into all of that, but I know your family has a long lineage in this um, kind of realm, but how did, what, what's your story? How did you get in? You said over, was it 56 years ago you started in the industry? How did this all come about for you? Okay. Well, I had my career planned. I was was a student at UCLA and um, my father started his little factory in Glendale, California, and was the first to produce a real uh, natural style Bulgarian yogurt and liquid yogurt and liquid acidophilus. And he really needed help with his business because um, being a child of immigrants, their English was still poor. And if you can believe that very few health food stores in that era in the mid 1960s uh, even had refrigerators in their store, let alone refrigerated products. Uh, so we, I had a huge challenge. And uh, when I finished UCLA, um, he said, you have to come and help me because I can't do this by myself. So you can imagine, don't have a background in marketing. I have a photographic memory. I can process information very quickly. So I had to crack open Bulgarian books, uh, Russian data that I got from the Academy of Sciences in uh, now St. Petersburg. And uh, from uh, leading um, US universities, and so in those era, uh, you know, I had the privilege uh, for the stack section at the UCLA Research Library. So I used all of my resources to uh, study up and figure out how it is that I can help my father. I actually had to translate translate from Bulgarian laboratory procedures so that I can take the cultures to the laboratory, have them cleaned up so that each time we made a new batch of yogurt, it would have clean culture and the best uh, tasting yogurt that would be consistent with each batch. And um, as I became involved in that business, I realized that if you have a good functional food, and by the way, since I set the yogurt standard in the state of California and the kefir standard in the state of New York, very few people are following any standards. I have no idea what they're putting in their product or even if it's a valid starter culture, they're just throwing bacteria names on the label And it's a tragedy because those functional foods are important, but what has changed? Uh, We have changed. We have now uh, 209 chemical additives to our food. That's not counting our water and our air. So we have completely compromised our microbiota composition in the 27 feet of GI tract that we have. And that uh, compromised state is what's leading to this chronic disease and the inability of us to digest simple things like wheat or milk and changing a diet that we're genetically not efficient at processing just because somebody said this is good for you. Uh, It's the same problem we had with um, soy milk in the 1980s when I told people, hey, look, uh, look at the culture. In Japan, you know, soy milk is taken as a treat once a week. You shouldn't be consuming quarts of this every day when you have no idea what the long-term implication is. We're doing the same thing today. We're taking things that our body has never seen. We've gotten away from our staples because we were told they're toxic. And interestingly enough, milk and wheat are not toxic in Europe to people who have a problem with it here. And we have to ask why, because milk is really the only food we have and that these bacteria like. So we have changed these concepts with very little foundational scientific information 
and just made these random decisions. And in my humble opinion, and after going through thousands of research articles and being in this field for 56 years and almost have heard everything and anything that people have to say, I'm convinced that we are just so brainwashed today. Uh, we have no idea how to get our health back. Yeah. And, uh, and you mentioned this slightly, but I think this is a foundation of what you're talking about is, you know, going really back to the simple things like mm -hmm. why, why can't we eat wheat or, or dairy anymore? And people in Europe, I know I have friends who, and I'm Italian too, but friends who go back to Italy and can eat pasta mm -hmm. all week long and they're totally fine. You know, what are, what are we doing to our food? Which is a whole, I believe another conversation right. in and of itself, but going back to the foundations of what really fuels our body, what really is this thing called the gut microbiome? Because I think it's kind of a catchword that people are familiar with now, yeah. but we it's don't actually know what it is. And I know we have the expert here today. So could you give us kind of the lay person's sure. rundown of really what this is and, and why it's so important? Right. Well, first of all, as I said, uh, we are a hybrid of bacteria or microbes and human cells. We have about 100 trillion microbes in our gut and about 50 trillion human cells. Now, these bacteria control the function of our immune system. They control the absorption of our food. They control the utilization of our food. So they really control everything that's going on in our gut. And for us to understand what bacteria need to be added, which ones are not supposed to be added, because anytime a bacteria can turn against your body, and produce toxins is something you need to stay away from. Or if that bacteria is inhibiting other beneficial bacteria, uh, because we've gotten into the problem of treating symptoms using bacteria, and that's the very wrong thing to do. Our job is to make sure we're enhancing the optimal balance of that 100 trillion microbiota we have in our gut. And by the way, the microbiome is actually the sum of all the genes of those 100 trillion bacteria. And there are about 238 genes versus our 22,000 set of genes. So obviously they have the upper hand. Their genetic material is much more uh, explicit and being used, but here's the trick. Genes do not turn themselves on and off. Just because you have a genetic predisposition doesn't mean that you're going to get that disease unless you do the uh, next three things I'm going to tell you about, which can switch on and off a gene. Because remember, a gene is just a plan, a program. It doesn't get turned on until you do something. So the only three things that can turn on a gene on and off is your perception of reality, is that your thoughts can make you sick or healthy. So we know the power of the mind. Number two is the toxins in your body. Number three are the bacteria themselves or the bacteria that can produce toxins to switch on and off genes. Those are the only three things uh, you have in your genetic pool that can cause disease. And you know we, we are told that, you know oh, the microbiome, well, the word is thrown out very loosely, but it's very important to know the difference. The microbiome represents all the genetic material of the bacteria and um, your and the microbiota are the actual microbes that are in your gut 
and throughout your body because we're a hybrid. Now, what have we done and you know to make ourselves so allergic to everything? Well, we've switched things around. For instance, first we hybridized wheat and then we GMO'd it. And uh, you know, anytime your immune system sees a protein molecule, which is gluten, and it doesn't recognize it, it launches an autoimmune response where it tries to destroy what it perceives to be defective cells. And uh, bingo, that's why you have now gluten sensitivity and celiac disease. And most people don't realize why we, we just put labels on these disease, but most people don't understand what it is. And on top of that, uh, fast food outlets use gluten as a meat extender. So not only do we have uh, wheat that's been adulterated, so the so that the immune system cannot recognize the the protein molecule and reacts to it, but then on top of it, we get so much of it that the system is overwhelmed and feels like this is an invader and not nourishment that our body needs. I, I hope that was simple enough. I didn't want to get too technical, but really, the what's causing this uh, explosion of gluten sensitivity and celiac disease? Hmm. Yeah, and it. And from my understanding, what I would love to hear more about it's yes, it's the physical, you know, reactions and and the health, but also the chemical reactions in terms of emotions too. Mm -hmm. If mm -hmm. you maybe you're stuck in depression, and we don't realize how much of these feel good chemicals are actually born in in the microbiome or you know in the gut. So I would love to kind oh. of hear the emotional mental side if if our digestion is way off how how does this impact us? Well, definitely, you know, you produce chemicals uh when you are sad, upset, and those chemicals not only hurt your own body. I'll just give you one that most everybody knows is cortisol, which uh puts the body in a protective state so that you don't burn calories because it perceives it's being threatened. So it has to save those calories to save its life. And again, I'm being very simplistic. So, uh, you know, it produces other chemicals that can destroy the cellular structure, you know, and, or if you're in a good mood, you can uh, create a great uh, place for the bacteria to live. And then you, then you understand that about 80% of your serotonin, the feel good neurotransmitter is produced in your gut and also dopamine. So about 50% of your dopamine and then the precursors for GABA and tryptophan and all the feel-good chemicals are made in the gut. So it's a loop. So your thoughts can produce negative chemicals that affect your mood and it comes back to your brain, uh, destroys the beneficial bacteria uh, likelihood to stay in your gut because 40% of your dry weight fecal matter is bacteria. So they may decide to leave because they're not stupid. Why would they waste their energy uh, to be in an environment that's not, you know, perfect for them? You know, they're not going to stay because you ask them to stay. They're going to leave. If this is a hostile environment. They don't like it. So now you have a problem because now you have to introduce more beneficial bacteria to help you change your thoughts and to change your thoughts in the same time. So you can create that wonderful beneficial loop that goes from your brain to your first brain to your second brain in your gut. And right now we have a lot of people, who, especially young people who are suffering from depression, 
anxiety, uh, stress. And don't forget that stress is a good thing when you need to be uh, save your life. Uh, unresolved stress means that your immune system function is being shut down because all of your energy is going to your extremities because your body perceives death at the hands of a predator, okay? So your body was designed to put shift all its energy to your extremity to run so you can save your life. However, nobody's running anywhere and that perceived danger that you create by your stress is continually uh, subjugating your immune system to poor function and all your energy is going to your extremities because you, you think you need to save your life. Does that make sense? It does. It does. I think a lot of the listeners can relate to that, you know, through their own healing process. And I love what you said. Mm -hmm. It's the thoughts can create that loop, but also the bacteria, they're not, they've got some good boundaries is what I'm hearing is if they're yeah. not welcome, then they're leaving, you know? And, yeah. and, and so if you don't create this and this welcoming, let's say host, you're the host literally, um, for this bacteria, they're going to leave. So yeah. It's it's a beautiful loop, but we need to learn the the, the right supplementation for overall. Right. So I would love to kind of as as I guess simple simplistic as you can for everybody listening. What is kind of the foundation for starting to dive into this world of probiotics and supplementation? Right. What what's the truth that we're kind of what's the clarity in all this misinformation that's been thrown around online? Right. Well, and just to give you my background so that people know I'm not talking out of churn, uh, you know, I was asked by the health food industry in 1989 to publish the first uh, standard of any kind for any dietary supplements in the field of probiotics. And they feel they could vote on this standard because very few people even knew what I was talking about. But there's so much commercial interest and pushback that they felt I was the only one that had a chance to get this uh, labeling standard passed. And by golly, I did. There were thousands of members that were retailers, uh, distributors, manufacturers, uh, brokers, lecturers, et cetera. They're all professionals in the industry and thousands of them voted to accept my probiotic labeling standard in July of 1989, which unfortunately they immediately ignored because it was bad for business, because it's like, if you can imagine everybody telling you that they can make the space shuttle, but you have no idea what the space shuttle is, so you believe anybody's story. It's the same thing with probiotic microorganisms. Uh, all of these people, 99% of them produce private labels. They throw a bunch of names of microbes on the uh, label. People have no idea what they're consuming. Uh, there's no agency checking to the, make sure that they even have those bacteria in there and that they're in, in large enough numbers to do any good in your body. So this is the confusion. And let me just break some of the illusions because later on, that same uh, probiotic labeling standard was read into congressional record in 1995 and still ignored. Uh, the industry tried to pass something called True Label where people were required to uh, have their product tested off the shelf across the country in four or five different time zones. But we were finding that 80% of all the dietary supplements didn't meet the label declaration. 
And it's even sometimes worse uh, with probiotics. So first of all, to make it simplistic, please don't buy anything on the shelf. Uh, it's not going to be viable. There's going to be one or two maybe organisms that are going to be alive and they're trained just to be perform on the lab test. They're not really trained to perform to survive your stomach acid or your bile and to really do any good in the intestinal tract. So forget all those products that are not in the refrigerator. Uh, number two, forget all those products that are packaged in plastic because glass is the only substance that is uh, in, uh, protect the bacteria from the moisture. Any small amount of moisture, the bacteria will suck up. Why? Because it wants to start its life cycle again. But if it's in a bottle or in a capsule, that's what we call a closed-ended system. There's no food coming in and no waste going out. So any small amount of moisture that can be tempered by heat uh, regulation, uh, the bacteria absorb, start multiplying in this closed-ended system and try and start dying rapidly or stressing and uh, terribly damaged so that they won't be able to do a good job inside your intestinal tract. So then some of these manufacturers choose more and more microorganisms should never be included in a probiotic product, but nothing should be used that has not evolved with humanity. My choice is very strict. I only choose the bacteria for the small intestine, for the large intestine, for the transient flora, for the infants that have evolved with homo sapiens from the beginning of time. And I know that these bacteria are much more difficult to cult cultivate and keep because that's the way they are. But we know that they've evolved with us and they will not be dangerous to us under any condition or possibly cause any harm. And that's what people have to be aware that bacteria, all of them are opportunistic and they look for ways of multiplying their kind. And we have to make sure that the multiplication of their own kind will never do damage to our body uh, in any fashion. And this is what people don't understand, especially if you're consuming a yeast as a probiotic, because for 40 years in the health food industry, we've been telling people how dangerous yeast overgrowth is. And yeast, when kept under 10% of our total microbiota in our gut is okay. But when it's allowed to overgrow, or when you're supplementing with yeast, then it can become pathogenic and dangerous. And this is the ignorance that people have and what they should be taking on a daily basis and what they should be avoiding. So you mentioned you, you work with the strands that have evolved with humanity. What are, are those strands that you primarily work with? I know they're going to be long names, but I'm just wondering if I've recognized them before. Yeah, you listeners. probably will. Yes. Um, you know, lactobacillus acidophilus yes. has been in the literature for a hundred years. I choose a super strain. And why is it a super strain? Because I grow it the way it wants to be grown so that it can become stabilized. And I also keep its fermentation end products. What everybody else does, they grow this bacteria. And then when they grow it, because it's so expensive to freeze dry, they throw out all of the fermentation end products. And all they do is they get the bacteria concentrate, which is probably 3% of the total compound and then they put it in some inert carrier and they expect the bacteria to work. 
And I said, no, 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 it's not going to work that way. You either have to put, uh, protect these bacteria with an oil matrix that doesn't, you know, get digested in the stomach, but gets emulsified by bile and the bacteria have to be bile tolerant or, you know, you don't fool around with it at all. Because if it can survive all of this, it means it can turn against you when the opportunity comes in. And remember, all bacteria are opportunistic. You just have to make sure you choose the ones that are there to serve you because you are part of their best habitat where they can thrive. So I chose the right strain of Lactobacillus acidophilus, which is the predominant bacteria for your small intestine. I was the first one in this country to introduce bifidobacteria, which are the specific good bacteria for your large intestine, which is your waste and disposal system. And by the way, the colon is part of the large intestine. So I take care of that system. And then I chose a very dynamic bacteria uh, that's found in the true yogurt starter, concentrated that bacteria, why? because it's known as the longevity bacteria, and it also stimulates the growth of the other beneficial bacteria. And it's a phenomenal stimulant of all parts of our immune system. So we have now three bacteria that I've chosen that have evolved with humanity are safe at any level. And then I, I introduced the fourth bacteria, which is called the bifidobacteria infantis, and when you hear the word infantis, you know it's for infants. Strangely enough, um, about 90% of the women in North America are not able to transfer these bacteria to their infants, even if they're vaginally delivered and breastfed. And this has happened over the last 50 years. And I truly believe this is the cause of the explosion of all these illnesses, you know, such as autism, uh, hyperactivity, you name it, all the things that we assign uh, disease names to is because this bacteria evolved with humanity because listen to this, human breast milk actually has specific compounds that it, that is made to stimulate this the growth of this bacteria in the infant's gut. And the fact that 90% of the people are not passing on this to their infants, to me was a tragedy even 30 years ago but nobody knew what the heck I was talking about. So nobody paid attention and the problem just got worse. So that's why I'm saying that, you know, the study of microbes is rocket science. Somebody has to have the ethics and the knowledge to produce the bacteria in the way they wanna be produced in the way that they will survive stomach acid and bile you know, in order to implant in your GI tract and serve you without ever causing any harm. That is such an important concept for people to understand. I can't tell you how uh, important this is for human health and for us getting back to a normal state of health. Hmm. Yeah, and I, I wanna loop back to what you said about the mothers because obviously with you Wellness Radio, we have a lot of women listening here, reproductive age or, age or post-reproductive age, and, you know, there's a lot of things where people say, take this, don't take this while you're pregnant or you're, you're nursing in terms of probiotics, what, what's kind of the optimal thing. It may be, if you're thinking about being pregnant, you are pregnant or are post pregnancy, what, what, what's kind of your take on optimal health through 
supplementation? Well, first of all, the mother has to take um, uh, the bacteria for her health. And there's a product that called the Healthy Trinity, which has the three bacteria and an oil matrix, and it will survive the harshest stomach acid for over an hour. And nobody has this kind of technology. So that's for her health. Then while she's pregnant, she needs to take the Lifestart product, which has the bifidobacteria infantis, because guess what? You are now seeding this bacteria to be present for the infant, whether it's still in your womb, while it's going through its birth canal, because we have lost the ability to pass this bacteria onto the developing infants. And by the way, I think part of this bacterial upset is the cause of our fertility problems, uh, because guess what? Without the proper microbiota in your gut, you can't recycle hormones. And most people don't know that. You'll be excreting your hormones through your feces, and that won't do you a lot of good. So these bacteria are strategic in all aspects of our health. And what my concept is, rather than treating symptoms or disease states, my concept is to give the body the tools to heal itself. And the body is well and able. It's the most magnificent machine, you know, and it can heal itself if you give it the right tools. Mm, I, I so agree. And and it's it's the the loop of right the the negative thoughts we talked about earlier, and also supplementing with with pure, correct things like these probiotics. And right. for me, when I think of longevity, I don't think of how long I'm going to live uh, in a nursing home on my bed. I want to think about longevity in terms of enjoying my life, you know, continually doing things that I'm passionate about, traveling, just feeling that vibrancy emotionally, mentally, physically. So we touched on this. So what what are your thoughts? Yeah. Well, look, um, I'm not afraid to disclose my age. I'm 75. I still work eight to 10 hours a day, sometimes on the weekends. And that's what we should be. We should be able to live and just pass in our sleep. Uh, Nobody wants to be tied up to tubes and in a hospital or a nursing home, God forbid, it's a terrible way to go. Um, and, and we have to get back to having a healthy state where we can live at home and we can pass in our sleep without being tied up to tubes and uh, having absolutely a miserable life as we age. Yeah. And how, how does the gut, like I'm thinking even like um, dementia or Alzheimer's because I, I've read that there has been you know, things with gluten and sensitivities long-term that can, that actually affect that. So how does like probiotics and that longevity are very prevalent things like Alzheimer's or dementia that a lot of the elder population deal with? How does, how does that all tie into the microbiome? Yeah, well, there are certain bacteria uh, that are uh, absent and, uh, and the wrong type of bacteria in larger numbers and Parkinson's disease and dementia and Alzheimer's. And definitely there is an explosion of these problems as people age. But also I think contributing to this problem is the lack of good oils we have in our diet. And that's a topic for another program um, where we have been taught to think that cholesterol is bad for you when cholesterol is the only food your brain can take. 
It's about having the right microbiome that, you know, because there's bacteria in your blood. And what causes the problem is when your veins are, are inflamed, your veins and arteries become inflamed, that's when the cholesterol becomes a problem. But if you have healthy veins and arteries, you have no problem with cholesterol because that's the only food that can feed your brain. Beautiful. So I get into these arguments with the doctors and I present my data. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm just going just gonna to say, I'm learning a lot through, through this episode. So thank you. Mm -hmm. um, I get, just looking at the time, do you have anything else that you wanted to talk about or kind of finish up before we start to close the show down today? Because I know you covered a lot of topics, but is there uh, anything on your heart and mind? Yeah, it's on my heart and mind. I still work. I still have people that have been with me for 20, 27 years, and they never want to quit because I'm proud, not only because we produce our probiotic products in a state-of-the-art pharmaceutical-grade production facility. That's all we do. And we also have a service where if you call our number, or you go online, you can actually structure a specific layered program of these probiotics to reach the various aspects of your body where you need help and do the right thing. Because it's like going to the gym. The days of just using the treadmill are over. You know that you need to have a specific uh, program, either dietary or uh, in, you know exercise-wise. It's the same thing with precision probiotics. You need to have a proper supplementation program that the bacteria are incentivized to stay in your intestinal tract and, and to affect other parts of your body that need help. Because this is why we're not making progress is because people are just throwing on labels and treating this uh, like, you know, the bacteria are stupid and they're gonna perform because we want them to perform. Uh, so anyway, if I may give up this number where people can call on my website, I, I'm still doing this. It's not about a commercial venture. I just feel that there's so many problems. Uh, I needed to stay. I could have gone, you know, eight years ago. I'm here because I perceived the problem and I can see the problem has gotten much worse than I anticipated. And that's why I'm staying. That's why I think we need to set the standard and I welcome good competition. I just want them to start following a standard and make these products available because I think it can really have an impact on everybody's health. Yes, I completely agree. And we'll mm -hmm. have all the phone number and the website in the show notes for anybody who's interested. And I love that you have that aspect of, of your business because you're right. It's not, you just, you just can't go to the gym and on the treadmill anymore. It's you need that tailored approach to yeah. you yeah. and where you are in your life right now. Not even you now I take Pilates once a week when I go back to twice. And uh, even for Pilates, you have to have a specific program that's geared for your age and your needs. And it's not just walking in and doing what everybody else does. And exactly. that, this is where we have to change our thinking. And by the way, no diet is suited for everybody. And I just want to say this, especially to the young women, um, you know, we, we talk about not eating processed foods. And I say to them, please, you know, there's no such thing as, as an almond milk or an oat milk or a coconut milk. You know, these are highly processed foods. So I tell young women, if you want to be a vegan, great. Sign up for an Indian cooking class because 
you know, these people have had these vegan diets for centuries. They know how to combine foods. They know how to, you know, make the foods uh, uh, work for you. But you can't just go into a store and buy things that doesn't that that don't have animal products and that you perceive to be healthy. But somebody has to process them so that you can buy them and feel good about it. Yep, I totally agree. That's one of my I. If you pick up a late one of those cartons of of quote unquote milk in the store. And you look at every all the additives and the preservatives and stabilizers in there, and it's perceived as a health food, but it not not nothing farther from the truth. So thank yeah. you, Natasha, yeah. for being on here and sharing so much wisdom with us. I think you did a beautiful job of balancing all of your knowledge and, and communicating it in such a simple, easy, and effective way for for us listeners to really pun intended digest it all to be able to assemble into our lives. It's my pleasure. And we need to get more of this information out because we need to get back to a healthy country. Uh, You know, first of all, it's miserable not to be healthy and young. That's number one. Number two, it's absolutely destroying our healthcare system. And nobody wants to go to the doctor uh, on a regular basis or have part of their intestines removed. And I hear this more often than I want to that people in their 30s have now have to have part of their intestine removed. So that's again, what I said, no, no, this can't be happening. We have to all do something. Yeah, beautiful. Well, thank you again for just uh, following your heart and your passion and being that shining example with the research, with the data, with, you know, with all of it, because it's more than just this marketing ploy, like so much of the health food industry or any industry really is today. So thank you for being, being real with us, but just being a real in every aspect of your life. And we end every show the same way. How may we, as the listeners, as a huge act of gratitude, be of service for you, Natasha, and return today? Well, you know, um, investigate things. Uh, Don't be sold by commercial hype. Learn how to discern, uh, learn who to listen to. Let's get the real gurus back in this because it's not a lack of information. The problem is learn how to discern what accurate information is rather than hype. And, you know, let's get back to listening to people, not just in my field, but in every field that are experts and really have their heart set and have had commercial and physical uh, success for their entire life. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Thank you so much again, Natasha, for coming on here and sharing everything with us. If you guys are interested, all of the links and that phone number she mentioned will be in the show notes. If you haven't, please like, subscribe, and write a review because this helps this kind of information like Natasha sharing that's going to heal every single person worldwide get out there and just spread the the healing ripples of good energy all throughout the world. So thank you so much again, Natasha, for coming on. It was such an honor speaking with you today. 